0: Hey guys and welcome to Personality Bingo, with me your host Tom Moran. So this week on the podcast, we have the wonderful Erin McGahy. Erin is a comedian, a podcast host, a performer, an improviser, a writer, newly relocated to Dublin, but not that new now. She's pretty established here. Uh, You're going to know her from The Dream Gun, Film Reads, uh, from her brilliant podcast, This Feels Terrible, from NBC's Community, uh, Drunk History on Comedy Central, uh, Harman Quest with CISO, uh, and loads and loads of brilliant stuff. Erin Cutter-Teep with the amazing UCB Theatre, uh, in L.A. Um, she's worked at the Nerdist Comedy Theatre at Iowa West uh, as well as Second City in both L.A. and my old neck of the woods, Chicago. We have a great chat. I, I only met Erin um, during this talk but it was so fun to um, sit down. I'd seen her on stage. I knew how talented she was and she was kind enough to come in and give up an hour of her time for us uh, to have the chat. So Erin, if you're listening, a massive thank you to you for taking the time to do it and go check out Mob Theatre. We talk about it loads of the episode but it sounds so exciting what Aaron's creating over there. I had only heard about it, but I'm going to go and check it out in person now. And I hope you do the same because um, the show sound really interesting if you are a performer or um, interested in, you know, just alternative comedy in general. It sounds like the place to be. And uh, Aaron is certainly the expert when it comes to all things alt-comedy. So uh, I'm going to go and see it. Uh, alt-comedy, not to be confused with the alt-right movement. I'm sure Aaron's going to use that. In a tagline in years to come, I will send you my bank details in the post. Um other news, go check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash personality bingo. The Patreon's kicking off. It's working. I wasn't sure if it would work. It is. Thanks so much to all our wonderful patrons. Uh, patrons, patrons, patrons on Patreon. Uh, it was deadly um to see. Uh just that you appreciate the show in that way. And if you are in a position where you can kick a couple of euro our way, it makes a huge difference. Um It really does and it might make a massive difference to you As Blind Boy says A model based off soundness If you listen to this podcast, your sound Please continue to be sound Kick us a couple of euro Sorry my voice sounds a bit grim Uh, I've been a bit under the weather this week But look, we soldier on Guys, please enjoy the wonderful Aaron McGahey Playing personality bingo with Tom Moran Erin McGahey, ready to play personality bingo? I am. All right, sweet. So a quick explanation of how it all works. I've got 60 minutes on the clock, 60 balls in here, and 60 corresponding questions. I've also given you a sheet of paper with five numbers on it. Uh, Would you do me a favour and read out the five? 11, 13, 27, 44, and 50. Beautiful. Okay, would you do me uh, another favour? Pick a sixth number, something uh, that's not already there between one and 60.
1: Um, You
0: can scribble it down.
1: Right, fifty nine. Do 59. I say that? Loud? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good because this is an audio medium. <laughs> it is, it is. Great. How's your handwriting? Uh, it's horrendous. Good. It's really bad. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, fifty nine. Any reason?
1: Uh, I am. Um, you know, I was listening to a previous podcast, and I was like, "Oh, that's so cool that he asks the reason." I was like, "I should pick an important number," uh, but no. No. Nope. I, I think maybe my brain is. Just I, like, against I that.
0: am fifty nine years old. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I hopefully will make it to fifty nine. Yeah. Um, do you have any
0: theories about what age you'll die at?
1: Oh, um, I do feel like I'm going to get hit by a car and die young.
0: Really? <laughs>
1: I do. I, I Totally illogically, but... um, How do
0: you, like, Um, it's very interesting. <laughs> like, it's really interesting when you first, or when you make a new friend, or you start, like, dating someone new, or, like, just someone new pops into your life, and the first few times you're, like, walking through, like, the city centre or something, yeah. and you see how they cross the road. I find that so interesting.
1: <laughs> I, I, I just started seeing someone new, and this is this is something that I've been like literally just came up yesterday and like we're it's very new so we're in this like very like like everything is oh oh, no one's ever loved like this before and we keep on almost getting hit by cars because we're so distracted by each other and I said to him (laughs) as we were crossing a road I, I said oh I really hope you don't see me die and he was like yeah I hope so as well yeah anyway I hope he doesn't get i i oh i almost got hit by a um motorbike yesterday because i was um crossing crossing the road in a place where i shouldn't and i didn't see the bike lane and i almost almost died there
0: oh yeah. yeah motorbike would be a weird way to go because it's like such a small condensed thing like it's not like mm. the bonnet of a car then windshield over the top or however yeah however and I in
1: that person's life as well mm-hmm. also I was in the middle of recording an audio diary on the voice memo of my phone which I do sometimes when I'm walking from place to place and that would be super fucking embarrassing <laughs> so funny so just funny. listens back to it and they'd hear the they'd hear the accident
0: Yeah. Do you ever listen back to your audio diaries? Are they just to get it out there?
1: Um, I mostly don't, but I went through I went through a breakup about seven months ago and I did listen to listen back to it a couple of times just to hear kind of like in a a way that's like, oh, okay, no, I am feeling way better than I was before just to kind of. I'm getting right into the vulnerable stuff right away. I told you I wouldn't be funny. Made that <laughs> Thank promise. Thank
0: you so much for not making any jokes.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, sometimes because I, I I got out of my uh, my relationship ended. My long term relationship ended, and then I kind of I ended up in a rebound relationship, and then found myself like kind of just that ended up being painful as well so listening back to me crying over the previous relationship I was like okay you'll be fine yeah it's, everything's okay
0: yeah yeah just yeah. get a perspective on like the various levels of shitness of your life <laughs> yeah like yeah. <laughs> there's something yeah. to be said for that the um, various levels
1: of shitness of your life. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Sure, yeah, a new book by Aaron McGahey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh I should also say that uh, if all six of them numbers do come out, that means the tables are turned and you can ask me any question in the whole wide world. I'll give you a totally honest answer. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. N- no one's ever done it yet, though, so oh, all right, go fuck yourself. No chance. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, yes, we, we give it a spin?
1: Yeah. Woo.
0: All right. First out the gate, it's number 50. Do you have it?
1: I do. Fuck. Yeah, Shit. awesome. Oh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> I'm getting that question I tempted fate by telling you to go fuck yeah. yourself. Uh, all right, <laughs> number
0: 50, the question is, when was the last time you wrote a letter?
1: Ooh, the last time I wrote a letter. I, uh, let's see, I wrote my dad a letter for Christmas. My family... When I was growing up, my my family always... I feel like this is kind of an American thing, doing like a yearly Christmas letter where it's like, well, things have been real busy at the McGathy house.
0: Aarons and <laughs> like, soccer and... The photograph.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow.
0: God. Because you, you see that in like sitcoms and stuff and you're like, saps. And then it's, <laughs> it's real. It, it's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of it's, it's, it's kind real. of nice to mark like the passing of time and...
1: Sure, yeah. No, it's nice, but it's also like the culture of it is a bit shitty because it just feels like feels really braggy and weird It's the original Instagram yeah yeah because it's just a highlight reel from the year and I remember reading back to my parents like the way that they wrote the letters and feeling shit about myself because it was such a sanitized version of my year and the things that I really cared about they didn't mention You know, like they really wanted me to do sport and stuff. So it was always like an errands on the soccer team. (laughs) Meanwhile, I thought the point of football was just running around and being near the ball. Like I never touched it ever. I (laughs) was just, I just loved running around and watching it and laughing. And yeah, I was horrible at sports, but good at other things.
0: Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. So like what, um, yeah, why would... So when you were a kid, like the pressure was to play sports. What what did you actually want to do? Was was it to be doing like comedy and improv and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, or
1: actually, clarify. Like like the, I was a I was a fat kid, so I think the pressure was more on me to lose weight so I would be lovable. Like <laughs> kind of.
0: That's so funny.
1: Because <laughs> uh, my my parents my parents both played sports, but they were both really academic. So like I did real I did well in school, so they were happy with that. But I think they just really wanted me to be better adjusted. Like I wanted to be. I wanted to be a boy when I was a kid because I noticed that boys got to do more fun things and got to uh, act the maggot, uh, whereas we didn't at all. And so I always cut my hair short and told people I was a boy because I was like, well, then I get to have better toys and things. Do you remember? Uh, sorry, I'm talking so much. Yeah. I'm talking so much on this podcast. How dare I? How dare you?
0: <laughs> At least none of it's funny. <laughs> yeah,
1: that is that is McGathy guarantee.
0: <laughs> I don't think anyone else heard Like, because that part of the conversation yeah. isn't going to be in it, so no one's going to know. They're gonna be like, what's wrong with these weird people trying to avoid humor on um, this comedy podcast? Allegedly, but that's what we said. We said there's nothing worse than like trying, trying to be to funny. Be funny yeah. Although I don't, I don't even know that's true. Anyway, sorry. Well, you were fat. <laughs>
1: Oh, I forgot for a second. Thank God you reminded me, Tom. Um, uh, Yeah. Okay, I lost my train of thought. Was oh, I um, do you remember uh, in Home Alone, Home Alone Two, the Talk Boy? Right. Yeah. So that was a toy I really wanted. did you have that? I don't, I'm, I'm guessing I'm a little bit older than you. Yeah, I'm 25. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like a year older. <laughs> I don't know why I'm. I hate it when people make jokes about their age. Anyway, I'm 33 and I really. 59. I'm 59. I'm 33 and I really wanted. Um, no, I'm 34. Anyway, I forget my age. Yeah, and now I sound insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, yeah, I really wanted the Talk Boy, and they sold it in stores. But I got for Christmas the Talk Girl, and the Talk Girl literally had less functions than the Talk Boy. So the Talk Boy was like a handheld recorder, and the Talk Girl had the same buttons, but some of them weren't real buttons. Like they were, just, <laughs> you just like there was just one function to it. It cost the exact same, and it was bright pink. Uh, anyway, so my parents wanted me to be thin and a girl, and I wanted to make things and eat food apparently so.
0: we're like we're we're kind of like the inverse I was a fat kid too mm. um, and I played with like Barbies when I was a kid it was like a big thing oh, yeah. and yeah but like that you know like I didn't get like I don't think it would be fair to call it like just like general like slagging you know what I mean yeah. like teasing about it and uh, I said teasing because you're American and for like some <laughs> reason I was like she won't know what that means as if you haven't lived here for ages sorry I just caught myself and I was like that's, yeah, why, you, that's-, that's why you said that <laughs> um, but but yeah, what what sort of effect like of like just being a fat kid, like when did you lose the weight uh
1: well i I was like I grew really quickly, so i when I was ten, I was five foot nine, and I was much taller than everyone else. so oh. I'm simplifying it when I say fat, like when I was ten, my mom was worried that I was going to be overweight because she had issues with her own weight. Mm. I was not overweight. She took me to weight Watchers, and then I started to gain weight. Just right. because I, I think, had it in my head that I was going to be fat or something. So I, yeah, I gained, I gained, I, I was, I was overweight when I, was from, like, mm, age 12 to 17. Mm. And when I graduated from high school, I was, ooh, like, I don't know what this is in stone, but I was, like, 210 pounds, mm. something like that. And then I went to college, and I lost a bunch of weight, and then was, like, yeah, it was was thin for a while. And then I I got I got into a bad relationship several years ago and got married and get was depressed and then gained a lot of weight. And then I'm just now like losing that weight. <laughs> and that's the story of my weight. Yeah. Um, but now now I'm like one. What, 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 I've never talked about my weight on a podcast before. It's funny, uh, but now I'm like 150 and I'm 510 and feeling pretty cute. So N- not any weight is fine. But I feel more no, comfortable totally. in my skin. Yeah, you know. but it, but it's
0: so, like it's so interesting. Like I I think about it too because like ju- yeah, and it's very hard when like someone would would look at you and they see you very differently to how you feel about yourself. You know, yeah. like it's kind like it. I, I was thinking about this recently. Like you know, you see these like you know like Hollywood movies and you see someone like Mila Kunis or something, and she's mm-hmm. like being billed as like the the beaten down soccer mom. I Where, know. Whereas in my that, head, yeah. in my head, she's like. Probably the most beautiful yeah. person on the planet.
1: Yeah, she looks like a Greek statue that's come to life. Yeah, exactly. She, yeah, she's unbelievably beautiful. Yeah.
0: And then at the same time, you're like, so you're trying to like work out like, okay, so what's this saying to people if we're saying like that, you know, like you know, this is Mila Kunis on a bad day, because you know, mm-hmm. like the movie's definitely not meant to be showing at her at her at her best. But like also, then you're trying to like have compassion for someone like Mila Kunis who like you know so much of her like worth especially within that industry is on her look and she probably feels shit about how she looks like all of us sure, i'm yeah, sure yeah. you know it's just really interesting do you do you feel like um like if, if that didn't happen when you were younger like and i mean by that like going to weight watches when you were like way too young and yeah. like just that pressure from your folks to look a certain way before like your body's even finished just kind of mm-hmm. becoming your body um like has that like led into into life now like what's your relationship with well, like food or are you like a big mm. calorie counter and that sort of thing <laughs> or like exercise what what's all that look like
1: yeah I mean I have I have a real shit relationship with food but I mean the good thing about it is that I know that I have a really bad relationship with food so I I have to I have to watch myself um and like pay attention to how I'm eating if I'm either like like compulsively eating or not eating um yeah, in my twenties. I really, I really struggled, and I ended up in the hospital once for an eating disorder, which was like really, was really embarrassing. Um, like for like eating disorders and yeah. Well, I, I wound up I wound up in the hospital for bulimia actually, mm. um, uh, because I I had burnt a hole through my stomach. Oh my god! And I thought that I was having a heart attack at work, but it was it was just that I had. Th- ulcers in my stomach and Mm. I went to the hospital and the nurse and then I didn't realize what was happening really and then they sent in counselors and I just I just felt humiliated because it was my own you know secret and then everyone knew that I was doing this thing and it's kind of gross you know and um yeah so I I'm aware of that now Mm. I don't really um you're very disarming, Tom. Like, I, I feel like I'm a very, like, kind of open and honest person, but I don't think I've ever really talked about that on a podcast before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I think I'm still a little embarrassed by it, honestly. But um,
0: I think it is embarrassing. Like, as in, it's not oh, embarrassing. Thanks. But I I, I, <laughs> no, I, I, can relate to, like, just the experience of, of like, you know, body shame and, like, having yeah. a weird relationship with food. And, it like, it's bizarre. Like, you know, because... Yeah, it's very interesting. Like, just, just just that thing of, like, how you, like, how people see you. Mm. And, you know, especially, you know, in, like, in what we do, if you're, like, an actor and, like, sure, a comedian yeah. and improviser and all that. So, like, part of, like, that gig is, like, having a degree of self-awareness to be, like, yeah. what do I look like? Where do I fit in, in this?
1: Yeah, and if I, I feel, if I feel really bad about my body, like, I... St- I stopped performing the same and like there was a period several years ago where I had like a year where I wasn't really performing at all just Mm -hmm. because I felt so disconnected from my body and so gross and like so not sexy or whatever Mm -hmm. and I do comedy like but my being able to feel confident and sexy on stage is really really helps like informs my I don't know. Cause that's, that sounds so wanky. No, but. It- um, I don't know. But if I don't feel like I'm myself, then you and then you see pictures of yourself on stage and you're like, oh, well, how can I even use this instrument if it doesn't even sound like what I think it sounds like? Mm-hmm. I can't even like move if I'm moving in one way, like it's perceived a different way. If you're really disconnected. Yeah. But weirdly, whenever I've I've had been on a million diets, but I never lose weight on a diet. I only lose weight when I'm like not dieting and I'm just being happy and I'm you know working out because i like the way it feels
0: yeah totally so like right for example now you were talking about being in a new relationship yeah. and like how you're in that like cloud of like love and no one's felt like this before and like getting hit by cars because we're that yeah. in love <laughs> and like so is that a time when like um like so your emotions are kind of like regulated by something somewhat natural which is like mm. a new person who's a positive influence in your life so yeah. does food become less of a, an instrument for that emotional regulation
1: yeah absolutely well i uh when my, my ex-boyfriend and I, when we broke up, I lost a bunch of weight. and you know, a lot of that is um is just you know being depressed and not not eating as much and I, I tend to not eat when I'm really sad. Um, but also, like the relationship needed to end. Um, and I think we both were out of our own frequency. and so I think I was comforting myself maybe with eating food and not exercising because I just wasn't facing kind of numbing myself out yeah which you would do maybe with drink or drugs or whatever so i think i lost weight more because i was like getting into my own frequency and in this new relationship yeah there's the there's the cloud of love and and we have to be like oh we should really we really need to eat something <laughs> 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 um yeah so yeah there's that as well yeah so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah but i do feel like i'm in my in my frequency right now so I wouldn't be eating to numb myself
0: out mm-hmm. Yeah. and do you find like is that is that a thing for you like just generally like in turn, like like for like drinking drugs is it like is it just anything like do you have one of them okay sorry I had two questions so <laughs> let me put that one on ice for a minute you know when you're talking about in like that like post breakup depression and you know mm-hmm. you're not eating is that out of like I am grieving so much my body does not need food it can't ingest it or is it mm-hmm. like fuck you I'm not gonna eat and I'm gonna like look <laughs> like a great. protest yeah 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 kind of
1: <coughs> it'd be more. It'd like be a sexy more than the Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm not. Um, I've never been like good with uh with with uh, long term manipulation, like uh, silent treatment or any or like revenge body. God, I hate that revenge body stuff. What's that? No. Oh, like God, there was a show. Uh, Khloe Kardashian had this show called Revenge Body, and the con- the idea. It's just oh, that idea body. that Sorry, like. Yeah, yeah yeah that someone breaks up with you and then and then you get really hot and it's like Jesus like so you're just making your entire life about this person who rejected you mm-hmm. and if someone rejects you then they're not the person for you mm-hmm. like that's oh god it's I hate it so much Um, but no it was more just like not just truly not having an appetite Yeah. Um, and also like our, our relationship ended but it ended on super good terms so it was just really sad I was just really sad
0: and what's that look like for you like when a relationship ends in good terms like is it mm. that like like are you friends now like actively like texting or meeting up for coffee or whatever it might look like
1: yeah we are now but like we we were really we were really good about it where we broke up and we said we're not going to talk or text or uh, comment on each other's social media or whatever for 30 days we're not going to speak at all because we need to detach as a couple we live together and mm-hmm. um that was extremely hard. Like the 30 days of no contact was really, really difficult. Um, but it means that now we can be friends. Mm. Uh, and then after 30 days, I didn't feel like the like insane need to talk to him. Because obviously when someone's part of your life, they're, you know, it's like you're not talking to your family and your whole life is changing. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, no, we're, we're really great now. And now like we both really see why we weren't good as romantic partners but are good as friends. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's really funny, like, do you find, so, I I was in a, a, a complicated relation for a long time, like for mm. six years, but very on and off as well, it wasn't like six years of being with someone, right. but probably like six years being in love with someone mm. through like, interruptions of, like, life and arguments and other people, all sorts of stuff, a complicated thing. Right. And, that ended, which was good and important and, we kind of like had to make that similar decision and it's kind of robotic because you're like we need to actually like extract each other from yeah. ourselves Because it
1: feels like you're making a rule for yourself that's arbitrary but it's not
0: mm-hmm. yeah it, yeah, it's, it's tricky and like one of the really useful things was the other person in that relationship got in another relationship and a really mm-hmm. serious relationship which was actually like helpful in a weird way but now in, in the weirdest way like life has kind of brought us back together in like in a work capacity that can't really be avoided mm-hmm. which isn't like ideal but it's kind of it has to happen and it's real interesting just like catching myself within it because you know so it had been like uh, like that a few months and we hadn't talked and like you know like just the social media accounts had been muted and it wasn't like I wanted like unfollow because there's no again there wasn't like bad blood necessarily there definitely like hurt feelings and stuff that's the
1: hard thing where you're like I want to unfollow you but I don't want it to feel like it's Fightful. Exactly. Yeah. yeah,
0: and um, and we were sort of brought back together in this weird, unavoidable scenario, and like so we we met up for a coffee to kind of like just you know talk about it and just like air maybe some of the things that could potentially trip us up, and also just to say hi, yeah. and like it, it sounds w-
1: like you're talking about one last heist. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> like, Which she was. The, she was the tech a uh, tech person and you were the ideas man and it's like look w- w- I need you for the job yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: this one and we're out and, and it's, it's not it's it's kind of an it's upsetting how maybe accurate that analogy is <laughs> um and uh, but anyway yeah and it was, it was so interesting because like I'd done like you know thinking about it and I'd done therapy about it and I felt quite healed about it and I like, mm. felt good like genuinely like like what you were able to say with your thing, where you are like, yeah, it was great, and now we might have this. And ours is kind of like it was great, and like we we shouldn't have anything after this. Like we've really tried, and I, I don't think this will work as friends. And right. things that happened, but anyway. So, but we met, we met up and like that, and I was just like, oh. Like straight away, it was just not that it was back, and not that I'd like fallen in love with her all over again. Mm. But very quickly, I was like, "Oh yeah, like we just have this shorthand that is fundamentally really special." Yeah, and it does. Soul siblings. Yeah, so, yeah. soul siblings. Yeah, does that make it incest though? Because I know it does we sound like sex. that. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. No, I guess that
1: that's yeah. That was a, that was something I like. I'm I'm yeah i have a few people in my life who i've met where like like beyond beyond friends just like oh we have this shorthand there's this like really deep spiritual connection to this person and usually it's like platonic mm. i mean it's too soon to say because i just started seeing this person and i'm but i feel like this person i'm it's like a soul sibling but plus mm. sex but yes you're right it does sound incestuous yeah <laughs> so maybe soul buddies <laughs> soul battles <Yeah. clears throat>
0: and um But there's that funny thing though. So like in the relationship that we have and like I said, we're working really closely and we have to and that's fine. But like it's very interesting just like kinda trying to like within it I was trying to set like you know, like that, those arbitrary rules, like a bit like robotic boundaries boundaries about it totally. And like so, you know, it whereas in previous iterations, like, you know, it'd be like a you know, like a ninety second WhatsApp voice message, you know, which is like super personal and you can be like a bit gas and it'll be great and you'll get the message across and maybe like just tone and it's like helpful whereas now it goes in an email with like a heading and like there's always a like funny thing i could say like to make her laugh but like you don't do that now because that's not really it's not that it's not appropriate it's just like that's not your function anymore and it kind of can't be
1: yeah well you need those boundaries in order to have a healthy relationship in any relationship yeah yeah what are
0: you like with boundaries what am I like with boundaries? Yeah, do you do you, do they come naturally? Uh, you, know, you know, these people <laughs> who you meet because I'm not one of these people, and you meet them and you're like, oh my god, you're so healthy, your boundaries yeah. are so good.
1: I've had to work on it. I've mm. been I've been blessed uh, in the <laughs> or like I think I think I, I'm grateful for a past uh, full of very few boundaries and experiencing um, what that looks like. And now um, I don't know. I've done a lot of done a lot of work on myself, and now I'm like I need to have these boundaries need to take care of myself before Mm. I take care of someone else
0: yeah Uh, yeah but that's not a natural thing like that was something that required work
1: yeah I don't know that it's a natural thing really well well, that's not true I was gonna say it's not a natural thing for anyone but I like it it obviously comes comes back to the way that you were brought up and whether your parents crossed any boundaries um, just um, emotionally like if your parents were reliant on you in any sort of way or you felt like you had to earn love by being a certain way mm-hmm. and that that can that can make for very poor bra- boundaries if you don't have that instilled self-worth and I had to discover that like I had poor boundaries where I would just kind of let people walk over me or I would just do anything to get someone to stay you know stuff like that or let people in my life who would just kind of take advantage all, all sorts of fun things yeah
0: but like isn't it fascinating then when you come across someone and you're like you're like in I don't know maybe The times when I remember it most Are like People You know That maybe you've been seeing Or like in relation to In some way And then you're like Oh okay It's not working And you're like That's fine And then they're like great we'll just like walk away and we'll yeah, just th- yeah, that'll yeah. be a little chapter and it's <laughs> it's perfectly pleasant it's just yeah. whereas like my instinct would be to drag the fucking arse out of it and like
1: <laughs> no, I mean with the six years, yeah but, yeah, like. yeah yeah well the
0: like, complete it's a totally reasonable <laughs> example of it like also within that you've got to be like okay I'm also not a stupid person so like if yeah. you're if you're chasing something for six years and we both were it wasn't it, like you know there was, there was absolutely something there and like I said like yeah. soul sibling while incestuous is also useful <laughs> because like you're right like it is something on that level where you're like
1: oh um, yeah but you're also choosing what you think you deserve like you're mm. choosing if you choose to be in a relationship with somebody who's emotionally unavailable it's probably because you yourself are emotionally unavailable mm-hmm. or like you're not ready for someone to really be there for you like you we make we we choose to be in in situations to a certain extent mm. like you know you can't totally choose who you fall in love with but you know you can yeah. choose how you want to be treated mm-hmm. yeah
0: true we give it a spin <laughs> Sometimes forget we have to spin it.
1: I, like as I'm talking, I can see someone miming a, like a jerk off motion or a waking <laughs> up. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've been thinking about this stuff so much because I like got out of my relationship, and then I was like, "Oh my god, I gotta, like next time I'm gonna be really, I'm gonna be not, I'm gonna be perfect." But like, what do I want, and how do I want to be treated, and all these. Yeah, things, yeah,
0: yeah. You're on the right podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, Tom here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but uh, here at Headstuff we have a ton of other amazing podcasts. So I'm going to throw it over to Aaron, who is going to insert a digital advert with one of the podcasts that you should be listening to. If you like this podcast, you're probably going to like a ton more on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Up to. Up to 90, the podcast
1: where we discuss anything and everything from the 90s.
0: So we're going to talk like Louise Woodward, Italian 90, Macarena, Goodfellas Pizza, uh, at Culk, and I, because he was we such a big a deal. We, we all, we all. Julie! The, yeah? They'll get it. Will they? Of course. Okay. Up to 90, it's a podcast about the 90s. With me, Emma Dorn. And me, Julie J. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, CatholicMatch.com, Tinder, um, Plenty of Fish, you know, all the usual oh, spots. Judy. They'll get it. Up to 90. Um, number 57, do you have it?
1: Oh, uh, I do not.
0: No worries. Number 57, the question is, what's one thing everyone likes that you don't like? ABBA. Whoa.
1: How's <laughs> fast. Yeah. What?
0: What's wrong with you? <laughs> Are ABBA an American thing?
1: Uh um they're Swedish, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Eurovision they, they, Yeah, they totally totally are an American thing. Okay. Um I think oh, like 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 Mamma sp- stuff like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I think maybe more I mean I can't really speak to this, but um, yeah, they're an international sensation. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um I I know that I'm wrong. <laughs> 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 it's a totally subjective thing. I have this association with ABBA and like um uh, you know the headache that you would get like on a Sunday night before you have to go to school in the morning? Mm. Like that reminds me of ABBA. I know that doesn't make any sense. Um the I think it's like the when I was a kid, like when ABBA was being played, I think it was always being played at places where like maybe at like church functions or like um like at the end of a wedding where everyone's really sad, but then there's this anachronistic music and everyone's, you know, just kind of milling around and no one's a dancing queen and I think I just associate it with like forcing a mood and and it just feels really insincere to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I that said, like I some people like there are a couple songs that I I'm fine with. I just like I just know that I don't like them the way that I'm meant to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And we didn't have Eurovision, so we don't have that. But
0: yeah. Yeah. No, like it, it's such a like end of the wedding like the Abba Mega Mix comes on. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh yeah, it really is. Like that but that's yeah, it's really interesting. When when you like you mentioned being married, like when you think about that, like do you think about like <laughs> like do you think about <laughs> those weird moments of like the like a wedding day and just be like mm. like if, if you hear like a song from it and I don't know, like, that, oh, yeah. just that notion of it is really interesting. Like, Abba Megamix to me just screams, end of the wedding. <laughs> that, like, yeah. do, do you have those little triggers, like, not triggers, but, like, um things that kind of, like, flash you back to those things? Like, music is such a good one for it. Yeah, you know, yeah. when a song comes, you're like, uh, uh,
1: Yeah, uh. yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, Abba would be one of those ones. I mean, obviously, like, all the songs from my wedding, when those come up, it reminds me of my wedding. Um, did you have a good wedding was it a good day yeah well i mean like i didn't have a great time at it but it was an epic wedding yeah why <laughs> it was, it was re- is
0: it it must be so stressful
1: <coughs> it is really stressful well i mean with uh, like we uh, we shouldn't have gotten married in the first place like this happens people are always very surprised by this but this happens more than you think like we we kind of broke up like a couple months before the wedding and then we we're like, ah, sure, we'll just do it anyway and, really? and, and like hope it works out. And it didn't, obviously. Um, so the wedding day, the wedding was um, inversely proportional to how healthy our relationship was at the time. And it was huh. gigantic. And uh, if you look on Instagram, hashtag McHarmon wedding, you can see how kind of insane the wedding was. And it was beautiful and people had a great time. But I was I was distracted by the thought that I was making a huge mistake. So so you
0: were like up there doing that, and you kind of knew that in the back of your head.
1: I was just like, I feel I know I should feel differently than I do right now. Mm. Yeah.
0: And so what does that do to like b- before like you got married or like met that person or anything like that? What was your like relationship to like marriage as a like as an institution? Like was it the kind of thing like oh I always knew I wanted to get married, or was it just? Because like, it kind of sounds like your attitude to it, like in the middle of it kind of sounds like flippant in that way. Like, well, I might not do it, but like, fuck it, we're here now.
1: Yeah. What well, was it
0: like historically?
1: Um, I my parents, my parents had a really great marriage. Um, my mom passed away when I was in high school. Um, so bef- before she left this earthly plane, they got along really good. Mm. <laughs> Probably still get along now, I don't know. <laughs> but um, uh, they were always such a team. And um, me and my brother were really close to my parents. So th- marriage for me... Or what I think about is like a, like, a like partnership, like, best friends who are in love. You know, it's kind of a stereotypical thing. But I think also because my mom died young, um, I had been... Th- and this is stuff I, r- like, only just dealt with in the last few months. Because mm. um, grief can get, you know, kind of put off. But, like, I think it was, like, chasing that kind of family unit. So for mm. mer- marriage for me was, like, I want to have this team. The wedding never... I never was really that bothered by like my wedding. Um which you wouldn't know by looking at pictures of the wedding it seems like I I was very bothered. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, no
0: I think you did. And like like um having been married is it something that you'd like consider again or like did mm-hmm. doing it once kind of tick that box and be like, "Oh." <laughs> um I uh
1: I would totally I would totally get married again. Um I the weird thing with marriage and getting engaged and all these things is that it's so shit how people treat it like it's an accomplishment and it's not like there are plenty of people we know who are married who have shit marriages mm. and plenty of people who are not married who have great relationships and mm. it's i mean for me like i got married and i was in a bad relationship and we got divorced less than a year later so it doesn't really i don't know like us that marriage us getting married didn't really like change my idea about marriage but it did make me feel like okay I don't need to tick off this box or this isn't an accomplishment because I definitely did feel like when we got engaged, I was like, ah, oh, cool. Like, I've been chosen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Totally. Which is stupid and not the reason that you should get married.
0: Yeah. And Did do you feel, did you, like we were talking earlier about like, you know, eating disorders and being in hospital and feeling that that's embarrassing.
1: Committed to this, making it not funny. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> really? I, I, I promised you a nightmarish time. <laughs> I'm delivering. Um, but did you... Is, is there an embarrassment when, like, a marriage ends that quickly? Because obviously, like, yeah. the idea of it is, like, well, this for life, you know? Oh, yeah. And then, you yeah. know, if it's, like, whatever, like, a few months in or, like, 10 months in or whatever. Totally. Was there, like, an embarrassment or a shame about that?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, the reason why we didn't break up before we got legally married was because we were embarrassed, really? I think. Um, both of us. And, uh, yeah, I, like luckily things got, this is gonna sound weird but luckily things got so bad that i had to leave and i didn't care about the embarrassment mm. um at that point point. and like an added bonus to that was that i also hated living in la and i loved my friends in la but i just hated the culture of la hated like so many things just don't don't align with my own like what makes me happy and my own values and it like i, I i've lived in ireland for three years but i wouldn't have if i didn't care anymore about letting people down because i was like well fuck it i've left i've let down everyone <laughs> by leaving this marriage which is really how it felt um i've let down him and i've let down my family and i've let down all of our friends who um like we haven't unwrapped some of our wedding gifts yet and you know what? Also, I'm going to fuck off to a different country. So it all sounds like, it all sounds sad, but it led to the absolute best decision of my life, which was moving to Ireland, like hands down, like the decision the most proud of, that everyone was like, what the fuck are you doing? And are you running away? And I was like, no, I'm running towards myself. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll come and visit. And they all do. They all come and visit because everyone wants to come to Ireland. So it works out.
0: And so before you moved, what, what was your... Like because McGahey's obviously a super Irish name. Like, mm. it, it, so had you been like on family trips and stuff? Did you have like an well, idea? I went on
1: my honeymoon. Oh no way! <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: Gas. Yeah. Yes, where did you go?
1: Uh, well, we just we just were in Dublin for a couple of days, uh, and then we went to Venice, and then we went to Paris. That's oh, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and was that your first
0: time being in Ireland?
1: Uh, it was technically my second. I had gone a few, me and my um, me and my ex-husband, who was just my boyfriend at the time, we had gone for a few days before <laughs> and did, like, this was my decision, and it's so funny thinking about this now, living in Ireland, but I was like, we'll fly into Dublin at 7 p.m., and this is, oh, and this is, like, uh, this is right after Christmas, so right. it's dark, and, <laughs> like, we, we flew into Dublin, super jet-lagged, rented a car And drove to Cork, and it was flooding. This was like, uh, what was this, like 2013 or 2012, maybe? But like, Cork was flooding. We were both freaking out and jet lagged, driving on the the other side of the road that we're used to. And like, I don't know why I was like, I need to go to Cork. Like, I don't, I'm not going to go to Dublin. Like, just like, I don't know. I have no idea where I got that in my head. But that was my first trip. And we got there, and we were both really sick. Um, And we caught a flu. And I think like I only left the hotel to get some sort of souvenir of being in Ireland, and I just went into oh god, where are the, what are those awful shops like Carols that, or something? Yeah, I just went into Carols and got like a mug, and that was <laughs> that was my
0: first trip to Ireland. Yeah, but yeah, hilarious. And so like, what's the when when you moved here and you're like, okay, this isn't a holiday, like this is gonna be mm. my life. Like, was it that much of a decision? You're like, I'm moving my li- like LA. Like.
1: Yeah. Well, what happened in 2015, when I was still married, uh, I was really unhappy. I didn't really know what to do and I didn't realize why I was unhappy. And I went um, woofing. Have you ever heard of woofing? No. It's the Worldwide, worldwide Organization of Organic Farming. Mm. And it's basically like this network of farms that will take you in and um, give you room and board in exchange for you working on their farm. And I worked on a farm outside of Dundalk. Um, at this place called Anna Verna and they googled me and saw that I did like uh, acting and stuff like that and they asked me if I wanted to do a play and I was like okay and I came out and I ended up just feeling for the it took me about a week to kind of adjust to being by myself and then when when I was by myself I started kind of feeling like myself again and was kind of traveling alone is so valuable if you're going through a time where you are like I don't know what I'm doing and I'm unhappy because uh, you're you're no one knows you if you're going to a place where no one knows you then you get to really kind of get reacquainted with yourself mm. and for me I was like oh I'm not a piece of shit like I'm like a nice person and I care about people and I like making things and I at the time like I had such low self-worth because my uh because of the way that my marriage had disintegrated in such a bad way mm. um and I was out here and I just felt really, I, I just was really prolific for this month where I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to film a spec pilot and I'm going to do, I did this play and Dundalk and then I did a bunch of stand up, which I hadn't done in a while. And I just met new people and I, and I just was so happy here and I have a really dark sense of humor. I love joking about death. That's not a thing that's a thing in California. All the time in California, people would be like, can you just like you just lighten up. And I was like, no, like I'm being, no, this is fun. And obviously Ireland is perfect for that. And I, yeah, so I was, I came, I went back to LA. I left my husband and I was like, you know where I was really happy? Um, Ireland. And I love that like living in LA is full of opportunity, but it's like living in a giant slot machine where at any given moment you could get a job that would, um, you know, take care of you and the rest of your family for the rest of your life. Mm. Uh, and it makes people boring and crazy because they're not doing the work for the work. Whereas here, there's not there's not a chance of that. And what I really enjoy doing is live shows for people, and I enjoy the community of hanging out with other creatives. And uh, yeah, so I just love it here. So,
0: what was the play in Dundalk?
1: Okay, so it was um, it was this semi-improvised play called. Um, Uh, It was called an American in Ireland, and what I did was I enlisted the help of a couple other comedians, and this was like the the town came to this place called Anna Verna, not the town, not the entire town, obviously, but like people from the town came to this thing, and there were like fifty people there, and it was families, and I came out and I said, look, like I um I wrote this play called An American in Ireland, it was very successful in the U.S., this is all you know. a joke obviously but it was like it was very very successful in the US um but I lost the rights to it so we're gonna do an American in Ireland too but I don't have the cast so I need to cast people so I brought people up from the audience and cast them as different people in this play and the story of the play was that there was a, this American whose mom was dead and she was coming back to Ireland to trace her roots and then the mom haunts her and then she has to marry this um oil baron but it was all comedic and like the, the oil baron was played by an eight year old girl. There are all these things So they're basically, I'm improvising because I'm an improviser and Im- improvising with these people but they're backstage and the two comedians uh, who just it, like, it doesn't really matter that they're comedians in this capacity but they were saying to the people coming up on the stage, um, so you just need to refuse her proposal. She's going to propose like you need to say no, that sort of thing and then they, I just improvise with them so then that's, that's what that was.
0: So interesting. So like, <laughs> it, like, oh, that's that's gas and then, so, and how how did you find, like, the community here, like, in terms of, so, like, being a total, like, outsider and newbie, like, mm. was it, is it, because, like, I have that fancy about, like, you know, moving to somewhere else, or, right, f- right for example, like, go to LA, right, like, yeah, yeah. you know, and do that, and uh, see what that's like. Did did you find it, like, pretty easy to integrate yourself, like, were people welcoming mm. and good? Uh,
1: yeah, and good. Are we
0: all right? Like, are we sound? I'm looking for validation. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, um, I, it's funny because I said soul sibling in the same podcast, but I, it's like to myself, I call Dublin my soul city. I I moved around, I moved around a lot as a kid, and Dublin, because my dad was, uh, in the military. And I never, never really understood the concept of a place feeling like home. And I thought, like, oh, well, I'll never feel that because I don't really have a hometown, but I feel that way here um even though that's absurd because i've only lived here for three years like i it just really suits me like i love dublin so much like there's like it just it i love how kind of grimy it is i love all the cultural parts of it i love the history of it i (coughs) i just i i just really love it and people are really yeah people are really welcoming i think also like after i was here like when i was first here for the first year everyone was just like I know, treating me like a Mm -hmm. blow-in. I was just like, all right, well, we'll see how long this lasts. But now I'm, now I think it's like clear, like, oh, okay, she's, (laughs) she's, she's actually here. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And do you
0: feel like that? Do you feel like this is your place now?
1: I do. Yeah. Like I, I love it here so much. Like I could see myself um, living somewhere else, maybe temporarily, Mm -hmm. but I like, I've, I've never, I haven't put so many roots down in a place ever. Like I didn't put as many roots down in in LA as I am here like started a business and all these things like yeah
0: yeah yeah and like because you know uh yeah it's really interesting because I, I kind of was like I'd seen you work with like the the film read guys like the dream oh, yeah, gun yeah, stuff yeah. and uh I'm a, I'm a, I definitely signed something else but I was like kind of peripherally like aware and then um I reached out on Instagram or something mm-hmm. like oh would you come do this and then um coming up to it, I was like oh I better like you know Google. Aaron like <laughs> you know as you do sure, and yeah. uh, and then like I, I had no idea uh, that like you know you were married to like you know like a famous person <laughs> and stuff like that okay yeah which, which is and so you're coming on to do a chat I mean
1: famous in some areas
0: in some areas yeah, sure
1: television writer Dan, Har- Dan Harmon I don't right, know <laughs>
0: right yeah sorry but this is actually exactly what I was going to say yeah. it's like you're, you're treading, like, an interesting line because, like, we met, like, an hour ago. Right, So, yeah, so yeah, you're, like, you're yeah. you're treading this interesting line of, like, you don't, re- don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable at all. Sure, yeah. But you don't want to also, like, ignore, like, you know, a marriage, even if it's, like, nine months and, you know, not something that turned out to be, like, the best decision. Mm. Like, it's a huge, like, part of your life. Yeah, you know please, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. Like, so what does that, like, what does, like, now in, like... Like uh, hindsight or whatever. Like, is it the kind of thing? Like all that, like L.A. chapter. Like, okay, like forget about the marriage and all that. But like, just that.
1: I'm trying, Tom. Well, I,
0: I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't stop fucking bringing it up. <laughs> but like that idea of like that. You know, you were talking about like everyone over there. It's like a slot machine that, like, mm-hmm. if you get a particular job, it will change your life. Like, yeah. is that what it felt like? And was it was that what it was like for you in terms of like Are you like? auditioning for stuff that like literally is like you know the hangover three or whatever the fuck that might be bridesmaids you know like something (laughs) like is that what it is like or
1: (laughs) um yeah I mean that is what it's like I mean I uh, like I was awful at I mean so so much of like being a success in LA is I think really enjoying the game of the industry like really like there's so many like obviously like you know, talent and luck and preparation uh, are so much of it. But so much of it also is just like tenacity for the game of everything. And all my friends who are really successful are really diligent with keeping up with their managers and are um, their pictures are, are always up to date and all these things. And like I had a lot of I did get a lot of opportunities just from I, I performed at this at, at a couple of comedy theaters where I would get attention, but I didn't. I'm not going to say that I like squandered opportunities, but I just, I just never, I always thought there was something wrong with me that I wasn't taking advantage of opportunities. And I realize now that there just wasn't anything wrong with me. I just didn't really want it that much. Like Mm. what I really, what I really like is just hanging out with other creative people and, um, and kind of hanging out like and making shows and making things. But, um, yeah, I I'm at my happiest like standing backstage with other people like mm. doing bits. Yeah, and it like so yeah, I did feel like a slot machine, and it just wasn't for me. But it's but it is for some people, and it's not bad that it is for some people. Mm-hmm. Of course not. I yeah. kind of wish I was into it, but I just
0: wasn't. Yeah, and so like it is that like fundamentally the thing. If you look at like your pals, whoever they might be, who are doing super well over there, like that is fundamentally the thing. It's like they enjoy the game of it and, like, that. Yeah, like, like, in a healthy way. Yeah, so so they
1: work really hard, and, yeah.
0: And, like, so, not obviously, like, anyone who's doing, like, well in any creative endeavour is, like, has a degree of talent, but, like, does, you don't, like, it wouldn't be, like, a correlation of, like, they are absolutely, like, unbelievably talented at, like, improv, comedy, Mm -hmm. acting, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, Like, that is a part of it, but, like, the bigger part of it for you would be that, like, industry side of it? Um,
1: hmm. I... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't like. It's a necessary. It's a necessary side of it. Like, you can get away with not playing that game a bit, but if you, I mean, working in the in the entertainment industry in LA is still it's still a job. So if you have a if you have a reputation for like being a flake, then it doesn't matter how talented you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm lucky in that, like, all my f- like I'm friends with a lot of really. I'm friends with a lot of really talented people, so um yeah but the, the so i yeah all my all my friends who work really hard like like they all do well because they they work really hard and play that game, I feel like I'm not answering the question, no,
0: so here's a better question, maybe, um, so now you're here and you're like immersed in like a community we talk about like dream going like um yeah. obviously like you've got like like all that improv side of things as well like the stand-up whatever you're doing do you like so you're very much embedded in this company having been embedded in like company over in LA that was like Mm -hmm. that in terms of like the actual like product of what people are making whether that's like you know plays or shows or you know scripts whatever it might be um or just general like you know ability on stage whatever it is do you see a big (laughs) like uh is there a big difference here? Irish
1: people are funnier, Tom. That's is that what you're after. Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, is
0: there a is there a is there a difference in the standard?
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, I, all the focus in LA is on TV and film. Right. So, uh, like, with live performance, like, it's all it's all a means to be on TV and film. Like, mm. not entirely when it comes to comedy theaters and stuff like that. Like the show, th- shows themselves are still important, but still there's this thing hanging over, like, but I, this is so I can get on SNL, and this is for whatever. Like, so the there's no comparison really with the quality of live performance here than in LA. Like, and I've I've had I've had Americ I did a um, improvised play in the Dublin Fringe, and I had a friend fly out from LA to do it with me, and he was just he was so blown away by how good everything was, right. and just the quality of everything, and how he kept on saying like everyone's so professional and everyone and I was like yeah which which I really surprised Irish people when they were talking to him like wait this is professional because we think of LA is really professional he's like no yeah. like everyone's so prepared and everyone thing is everyone takes performance really seriously here whereas there it's so much so much of performance is essentially just a glorified audition so you can get seen by someone so you can get an audition on um on uh, bad boy mom's uh, <laughs> don't uh yep bad boy moms. Yeah, yeah, gonna, yeah that's that's a show about a group of uh, a group of naughty boys who, who pretend to be moms so they can um get snacks uh it's good yeah it's pretty good it's yeah. pretty good <laughs> um but like shitty you, you'd have to audition for shitty writing like that you know and compete for roles on shows it's so rare to it's so rare to get a role on a show where the writing is actually good you know
0: and what about then like do you think about that Cause you have an improv like school, yeah. There? So
1: yeah, so so I have an improv company. Well, it's it's alternative comedy, so it's right. just anything that's not stand up. And it's called Mob Theatre Dublin, and we do shows every Thursday downstairs at one But we also teach com- uh, improv and sketch classes. Right. But the idea is to cultivate a community where, like, if you're interested in comedy, you can meet other people who are, and then meet other people to collaborate with and make stuff with and write things with and all that.
0: And like, do you have a theory and like? Because I'm really interested, like. So like, say you know, say like the podcast, your podcast, yeah. And um, so you interviewed like one of my heroes. Oh, I'm so jealous. Who? Do you have a guess who it was? See if you can guess. <laughs> I don't think you'll guess it. Maybe you will. Maybe I'm readable. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Okay, Mark Maron. No, well, yeah. he's great, obviously.
1: Dan Harmon, my ex husband. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> That's <No>. why you're. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just because I'm a really big Dan Harmon. Uh, uh, I don't know. Who? Uh, Pete Holmes. Oh, Pete Holmes. Oh, okay.
0: Cool, yeah. Cool. And, um, but, sorry, what I was going to say was that, like, Obviously, that community is like so big there, and you've got like these. Like, I lived in Chicago for a year, say, oh, cool. and uh, so like obviously second city there, yeah, yeah. and then like is it like Roundlings in L A. and like yeah. you know Roundlings in UCB. And yeah, like that. all these places, and like you hear all about them if you're in any way. Like, if you kind of listen to like American podcasts, like that's kind of yeah. nearly all of what they talk about yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Um, what and like there's really nothing really like that here.
1: Not until now. Not until now. And yeah, like, why is it's, that? It's, um, well, improv like improv is like an Ameri- it's an american art for like long form improv started in chicago yeah um and f- started fairly recently and from from the chicago improv scene sprung uh the ucb which are in new york which is like amy Poehler and those people And that comedy theater uh like gave way to um, like most people that you would see on SNL now, and most most performers have done at least like some time at UCB. But I think it's just not it's not over here. I I mean I have a couple of theories on this. I think that like again with a wanking motion, but um, Irish people are so uh, like being being funny and making some someone laugh is such a intrinsic part of like the Irish culture, and I mm. think that like that sometimes that sometimes mean that it like, means that someone doing comedy whenever anyone gets up to do comedy it's like okay well what do you have because we're all super fun, funny and we make each other laugh right and so it's not seen as much as like a vocation or art form or whatever and stand-up's really new here mm. as well um and yeah I think there just there isn't there hasn't been an alternative comedy scene or school yet just because no one's done it but if I hadn't and I didn't do it by myself to have uh Stephen Bradley and Neil O'Rourke um started with me but if I if we weren't going to do it it was going to happen because there are all these like amazing things like Dream Gun and all, all all these different performers who are doing things that aren't stand-up just in different places and I just wanted to I wanted to make like a centralized place where these things can happen and my goal because I think that Irish people are the funniest people in the world my goal is to build up this school so it is like a destination like Second City, like it's like you know European, um UCB, yeah, or whatever. Where where we attract a bunch of really funny people and yeah, So cultivate talent. Yeah, yeah,
0: totally, totally, totally. Um, I th- this question is not for the podcast. <laughs> this is purely selfish question for me. <laughs> okay. while, did, while, what what Pete B- Holmes? <laughs> 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 it's really interesting because I uh, so I I started listening to podcasts. In Slovakia, okay. Okay. I lived in, well, Weird. I, I, yeah, I was, I was, um, I was in Slovakia for like, uh, like four months basically for work and like okay. no one else spoke English and right. it okay. was, it was super lonely and I just needed like podcasts to get, like, go through my head. Yeah. And, uh, so I just, and like for some reason, one of my, like Chicago friends have been like oh you might like this guy and like for whatever reason especially just at that time in my life you know when things just line up and I was like this is amazing and like since then I've listened to them all definitely like some of them like twice so like yeah I really like (laughs) whatever it was like we just like lined up real well now it's like a more reasoned like relationship (laughs) where like I will listen, like in my own time, to like his yeah. weekly podcast, and I will watch his HBO show and <laughs> and things like that. It's like a, it's it's an okay relationship, but um, it was That's very such
1: an intimate uh, medium, is right? It? Yeah, like yeah. D-
0: and yeah, so and like, did you d- <laughs> did you find that doing your own podcast? Because I don't know, like I don't know if you like because. You know, it's probably not dissimilar to this. I'm just thinking back of, like, yeah. that one with Pete, because I listened to the one that you did with Pete. Uh-huh. And, like, just in terms of, like, the subject matter and stuff like that, right. it's pretty much, like, shooting the shit yeah. kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I don't remember. It was years ago. I don't remember what we talked about.
0: Um, I feel like you talked about, like, dating a lot. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that, it
1: was, like, like, a podcast about relationships. What, what Was it? Sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. And is, is that, like, of particular interest to you, like?
1: uh, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, it's called. This feels terrible. I'm I'm relaunching it soon, um, but yeah, yeah. The the like romantic relationships has always been something I've been very interested in talking about and talking, talking to comedians about them specifically because, like, it is such a vulnerable thing and the stories can be a bit surprising from people. Yeah. Do
0: you, do you what What's been the difference like dating in like L.A. and American general mm. versus? Here, because I kind of experienced it in Chicago. Yeah, like don't talk about that. <laughs> sure. What What's it been like? Oh. <laughs> what, what, what What are Irish like? I'm like, what are, <laughs> what, are, <laughs> what are Irish guys like? No, but um,
1: um, yeah. Well, I like I didn't. I was never on the apps, mm. um, back in LA because I just kind of missed them. So, like, yeah, experiencing dating. Oh, god in the last seven months i've done a lot a lot of dating so mm. i've gotten like a real real good tour of uh Irish men. Um, <laughs> well, uh, that
0: sounds like a negative thing I,
1: <laughs> it did sound it did sound negative i didn't mean it negatively at it all. sounded haunted i by know it. yeah <laughs> well i was thinking specifically about well because something popped in my head that like you know with, the, with the, one of the cool things about the apps is that you end up talking to people you wouldn't normally talk to and and that's that's cool and extra interesting for me being um someone who's moved here so getting to meet different people and learn about different kinds of people that i wouldn't just naturally run into in my own circles was interesting um (laughs) i don't know i yeah i have it like it's i'd say the difference the difference generally would be that um I think Irish men are more <laughs> just like big blanket statement statements. Um, I will Irish people in general are less um, misogynistic than men in L.A. Really? I found. Yeah. And people are always surprised by that. But yeah. it's very true. Like, um, so there's that. Uh, so you're welcome. Irish men. Uh,
0: <laughs> no, you're welcome. <laughs> 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 you're getting the gold standard treatment over
1: yeah, here. Uh, <laughs> coming um, over,
0: taking our liberalism. Um, <laughs> what, what, what does that, what does that look like? So, what, what does the, like, like, obviously, <laughs> yeah, like, you know dude ask her what does misogyny look like but (laughs) but like in la what like and i
1: slowly hold up a mirror (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. but
0: but um but no i am actually i am surprised at that i Mm. i would have just because ireland's a bit more traditional and it's you know super catholic and like just all the patriarchy that comes with that
1: yeah but do you think the people are super catholic and traditional
0: no not yeah not 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 my generation to be fair yeah i think
1: like I wonder, I've wondered before, if because, uh, Catholicism was such a big part of the government and the way that things were run, people just, you know, turn their back and obviously turn their back on it for obvious reasons. But mm-hmm. like in America, because it's, there's this quote unquote, there's this idea that like, oh no, it's separate, but it obviously totally isn't. And America was built, uh, was, America started because people didn't get to be as fundamentalist as they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So Um, and wanted to be super puritanical so be, i think but because i think it's not part of the government people tend to be more religious um because it's not as dorky or something. i don't know I mean, like, i'm i not articulating it well no, but interesting. um but yeah as far as far as misogyny goes like men are just more i don't know like men and women hang out more together platonically um there's less of a and I'm I'm speaking mostly about LA. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like in a uh, There's there's more acceptance over the idea that women want to have sex.
0: Totally. I was going to ask you about that. That was yeah. a big thing. Like in Chicago, like being there just like be a more sex positive culture i suppose mm-hmm. I, like i found or like you didn't feel like because in, in our like well i'm
1: saying in ireland it's more sex positive
0: you oh interesting so you yeah. think you,
1: like for women like in in la it'd be in, in la like I, I found myself constantly and i think things have changed a bit since la- last time i dated in la but um like i'd have to i felt myself like constantly trying to like convince a man like don't worry i don't I don't want to marry you, you know, like on the first date where they just be like, oh, I just don't want to get trapped in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like the idea that I would maybe want to hang out with somebody and have a good conversation and then maybe have sex was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. that's not what women want. Women just want that fucking ring. Um, And Ireland has the oldest marriage rate out of any or marriage age, median marriage age out of any country in Europe, Mm. you know, and that says a lot. Yeah. Um, that's interesting
0: yeah. well like when I was in Chicago I, I felt like I felt like girls were way more open to having sex I suppose to put think? it really okay. frankly yeah Yeah, interesting yeah huh. I, I felt like that or, or like or like sometimes in Ireland like growing up
1: well uh, you know what it probably was is women have to pretend that they don't want to have Oh no no no! Never mind. I just no. Okay, never mind. What I'm were you going to say now? No, it, uh, I was going to say an idiotic thing because you literally just said the opposite. I was going to say because they're pretending to because they don't. But you just said that they were open to having sex. Well, no,
0: but it, it, it's yeah. interesting because like one of the things that like I hate, like if I because I I've been dating a good bit like well yeah over the last like four months maybe like yeah I, I'm on I'm the apps on, I'm on apps yeah, yeah and um I don't really like it but I would also like to meet someone and I don't know if yeah. that's in my immediate circle right now or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Like I'm real open to it, I suppose. And like, you know, going on dates and um, one of the things sometimes you made to feel like is like, is like if you're, you know, you've gone on like a couple of dates or a first date, whatever the fuck it is. And like, but like sex is something that like you're trying to get off a, off a woman. Like, <laughs> and that dynamic is created like that. Right. It feels like that dynamic mm. is like being created because that's not really where my brain is at like certainly it's like like i don't like want to like take sex from you i want to (laughs) like have sex with you does that make sense yes yeah um and it's like i feel like that's a thing in ireland whereas in in america like it's very much and even like having sex with like american women like they'd be much more being like you know comfortable being like oh yeah like do this do that like i like it like this like more communicative i suppose
1: yeah i mean like i I wonder i wonder if the men who go out with me maybe talk to me different because i'm american and they maybe have that idea <laughs>
0: that's interesting idea. yeah because
1: i'm also like i'm i'm fairly like i'm open and sex positive and I've zero problem having uh casual sex um so, but i wonder if like yeah if Irishmen just kind of assume that about me because i never <laughs> feel like there's that energy of like oh i'm trying to take this from you or
0: But I, but I think you would be the one that would create that, or not? I think. Right. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It's interesting. Um,
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I also like. I don't like on on if I'm going to meet someone. I definitely like. It's not like I sit down and I'm like, look, uh, we're gonna have sex later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Hmm. What's the so? But so it it does feel quite. it, It feels quite different to you dating here, but it's for the positive
1: yeah absolutely yeah totally i mean like just just the fact like irish men can can talk better than american men so and i love chatting and so that's really nice um i don't yeah it's hard it's hard for me to like because obviously like i'm speaking through my own lens um so yeah i don't know i i mean in general men are a lot more considerate Mm -hmm. um But I don't know if that's just because I've grown and so I'm choosing more considerate men to spend time with. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but in general, like my... God, I've been on so, so, so many dates um, in the last seven months. Like I really, really just was going for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So
0: what what are we talking about? Like like a couple of dates a week or... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: for sure. Like a couple of dates a week. Sometimes like a couple of dates in a night. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. Um, How did that work?
0: Like, okay, so... And like, is it generally like just... Drinks at a bar or that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, well, like a couple of dates in a night that happened when I was like I was out with someone, and I was very bored and I and I was like, all right, well, it was so nice meeting you, and I walked out with him and I just walked around the corner and then texted this guy I was meant to meet the next night and I was like, hey, if you're around, and then he came and <laughs> that's guys. I made the place. Yeah,
0: that's so funny. Was the second date better? It was. It was much better. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, but I. But I was also a bit pissed by that. So yeah. he, was, he was coming into a to a friendly situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah how
0: many? How many? Like because I was I wasn't a bad. No, it wasn't a bad day, but it wasn't a good day. Does yeah. that make sense? Like yeah. she was absolutely like fine. She was nice. Like she was absolutely fine. What a terrible thing to hear,
1: <laughs> sweetheart. I knew <laughs> when you walked in, and it was absolutely. <laughs> no,
0: but I knew straight away. Yeah, yeah. I just I mean, yeah, you know. I knew straight away. I yeah. actually did like, yeah. like, and she well, like one of the problematic things was like she didn't look like her photographs, yeah, which is really we're... shit. Like, yeah, which is yeah. like obviously like a, a mean thing to say, but like the whole no, thing is like ob- superficial. Yeah. So like you kind of have yeah. to embrace that. I'm
1: proud to say all my photographs on my dating apps were all because I've just gone off of them. Um, they're they're all from the last month, and I feel like they should. That's yeah, yeah, that's Go really on. good. But,
0: but um, yeah, but just that thing of like. And I find that really hard as well because, like, to 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 leave a date like within yeah. like because you know we had like two drinks like I got a drink and then she's like I'll get a drink and I was like cool yeah yeah like, the old two drink date yeah, yeah <laughs> and, and like but you know if it was a good date easily would have had three or four drinks you know what I mean sure yeah um, sure. and it wasn't and it got to that point where she's like so like do you want to get another one and I I didn't like I I was I was I was pretty bored although the conversation yeah. did improve after the first <laughs> drink but like, i was like and i knew this wasn't going to be a thing and i didn't want to like waste her time yeah i don't I know how she felt when
1: you feel bored and then you start just talking about yeah careers or whatever
0: yeah exactly i know <laughs> yeah so but it, it, it it's very tricky what was your bio do you remember you're like uh, uh
1: yeah um what apps was it tinder and bumble yeah tinder and bumble mine was um uh, zero fun the worst and five nine <laughs> that's mine yeah. that's good yeah yeah, I like that thanks that's good
0: <laughs> mine is um, mine changed recently I had it Ooh. originally it was um, <laughs> it's quite Irish actually <laughs> if yeah. you were like abroad they'd be like what are you talking about it's like mainly just here trying to avoid swiping right in my cousins <laughs> yeah uh, and then it's now um I listen to the gloaming and I read Sally Rooney novels. How am I still single? <laughs> so I don't know how that one's going to play though because mm. I kind of want to get off them but I, I would genuinely like to like go on a date with someone be like, oh, this is brilliant, this is great because yeah. I've actually had really good experience in dating apps. I was saying this to a friend of mine recently. like I've genuinely made like friends off dating apps.
1: Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. And definitely. like,
0: you know, it which is, Great, but like you're <laughs> like, uh, it's not it's not going to be a long term relationship. I know that, like, because yeah. you just know. I think, yeah, maybe well, I the,
1: the guy that I like had kind of a rebound relationship with. I met him on <laughs> Bumble. Um, and this is very Dublin, but like we actually bought, he, he knew my ex boyfriend and we kind of bonded over both, like saying what a lovely person he is. Really? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the guy that I'm seeing now, of course, I just met him through a friend. Like I did not meet him on an app, which is, you know, sorry to say. But yeah, I went on so many dates and yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of amazing how. Rare it is to have like a true spark with somebody because there yeah. are plenty of people who like I was attracted to or like tick some of my boxes or whatever. But, um, but yeah, like it's such a rare thing, but it's out
0: there, Tom. it is out there. Yeah. But like, I get really mad at my well, like, I don't get mad like outwardly, but like internally, I'm mad at my friends who are like in like long term successful relationships when they don't like, like, I, I'm like, you have a duty of care to yeah. like you know set me up with one of your friends or like we'll all go for like I I don't well you
1: should come to Mob because they're a bunch of like it's great because it's a bunch of like minded people like I kind of met this guy kind of through Mob because it was like a friend of mine who's in it like a friend of his um, and it's just a great community of like like minded people and then lots like cute people we're all yeah. going out for drinks tonight at the ground so- social you should come
0: oh yeah yeah oh, i might come yeah too um I, yeah. Oh, i'll
1: introduce you to future <laughs> mrs moran this is but va- probably not that because she'd, she'd probably keep her own name right
0: uh yeah probably yeah. that was an interesting thing. did you change names no i yeah. didn't
1: though people assumed i did and would call me mrs Harmon all the time it was fucking annoying oh
0: that's really annoying especially yeah. if you didn't do you have, like what's your best piece of this is a terrible question very, <laughs> very terrible <laughs> question yeah best piece of dating advice
1: Ooh. um uh well let's see best piece of dating advice would be to um hmm. i'd say the best piece of dating advice is to really pay attention to your gut in the first meeting Mm. um no that's bad that's bad advice i could give you good sex advice okay yeah please um the key to having great sex is just to uh really enjoy yourself and communicate how you're enjoying yourself as opposed to like performing or whatever but to, to 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 really enjoy yourself
0: i i so thought you were setting up a joke and i was gonna be like we said no jokes <laughs> no
1: no just up a joke. god what's my best piece of dating advice um <laughs> oh, well i think my best piece of dating was advice is also life advice which is just like if you're friendly to life life will be friendly back mm-hmm. and you're not gonna meet anybody if you don't Put yourself out there and um, have really high self worth. <laughs> I think. Is, yeah, yeah, that is. Make a list of the things that are important to you and a partner, mm. and they'll they'll come to you. They're yeah. trying to find you, Tom. Yeah, she's out there. She's trying to find you. All right. Don't get in your own way. Come to drinks tonight.
0: I might come. Yeah, dude. Will we go for one more spin? Sure. All right. Sweet. Uh, number twenty-seven. Do you have it?
1: Uh, I do oh
0: you've actually done so well considering I've only asked you three questions really? you <laughs> oh, you've man. been actually crushing it like that's sixty six percent hit rate all right nice um <laughs> uh have you ever seen a ghost
1: oh um well, once uh, when my ex- husband and I were first dating, we were in New Mexico, okay. and we uh, we were going to to Carlsbad Caverns, which is like this this giant network of caves, uh, but you have to drive a bit, and it was nighttime, and we had landed uh, at this airport, and we had to drive like 45 minutes through, or an hour or so, through like dark desert with, with like a ghost rider uh, with Nicholas Cage-looking area, and it was really dark, and uh was driving in a rental car and all of a sudden in the middle of the road there was a motorcyclist who was just standing standing next to his motorcycle just staring at us and we had to swerve to not hit him like he was just standing there um and we drove around him and then we kept driving and then he started chasing us but then his motorcycle disappeared so i i was probably not a ghost it was probably just uh, someone who was um maybe on bath salts or something, just losing their fucking mind. Uh, but it felt like a ghost.
0: Wow. Yeah. Was it like proper, like, heart in the mouth scary? Like, were yeah. you oh, afraid for your life?
1: Yeah, we called, we called um, the local police and we're like, there's someone chasing us. We're going, um, we We're go- I don't know what this is in kilometers, but we we're going like 110 miles an hour trying to get away from him. And they're like, you can't go that fast. And we're like, well, then come and find him because he we don't know what his rules are. Like he was just standing in the middle of the road, staring at us and now he's chasing us. And what does he yeah. look like? Um, I don't remember. Just like a man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a motorcycle man. Yeah,
1: just a motorcycle, like th- like a thin, kind of young, just like a man.
0: <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. W- what? any guess as to what he would have done if he caught you?
1: Well, I wonder if he was like going to, like if he was standing there because he wanted to st- show like his, co- like, bike had broken down and then he was going to rob us, or... I don't
0: know. Oh, interesting.
1: But I don't know. But in my in our minds, it was like, he's going to kill us. Because totally. he's crazy. Because he was standing in the middle of the road and we were so close to hitting him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like, um, this is a... Again, we've been lots of broad generalizations today, hooray. But, like, I feel like <laughs> that stuff happens less here. Right. Like, in Ireland. Like, you'll hear, like, people, like, have these mad... Even my American friends, like you hear them talking, like, the mad stories. I'm like, oh yeah, th- doesn't I feel like that doesn't like really happen here? Like,
1: yeah, well, there's I think there's less people are more people are it's such a it's a much more humanist culture here, and I think people are so much more uh, supported. Obviously, like there's such a problem with suicide and mm. suicide of young men, especially and mm-hmm. people, you know, whatever, um, not whatever, <laughs> <laughs> <But>. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, and I think people just become people have less support people are less close to their families people are more alone mm. people maybe have more mental health problems more drug problems I don't know
0: mm. what a way to end what a way to <laughs> end we promised there'd be no jokes <laughs> <laughs> suicide pff, whatever <laughs> Um, thanks so much for doing this yeah uh, it was so really nice to me. meet yeah, you it was fun yeah um, I know like there's a lot of stuff um going on between um, Morb and Dreamgun and all that so I'm just like let us know what you're up to.
1: Yeah. Uh. Well, Mob Theater Dublin is every Thursday night, and uh, yeah, we have improv classes and sketch classes. We have a sketch writing class, a new one that's opened up, um, which is super super fun, and you leave with like a sketch packet, which is a great thing. And uh, that's every that's every Thursday, 8, eight o'clock downstairs at Wigwam, and then I'm at Erin McGathy on all social media things, Danny. and Dream Gun, yeah, at Dream Gun and Sons is a great show that you should listen to as well
0: yeah they're doing like Whelan soon
1: yeah we're doing Whelan's I'm so bad at knowing the dates I know that we're we're gonna be in Limerick on the 6th or the 7th whatever that Saturday is I don't know and then we're doing yeah (laughs) check it out yeah it's great
0: (laughs) they're so funny and Erin McGahey thanks for playing (laughs) Personality Bingo yeah thanks for having me nice to end with a cough
1: yeah sorry (laughs) sweet
0: So, guys, that was the amazing Aaron McGahy playing personality bingo. Aaron, if you're listening, a massive thank you to you for taking the time to do it. It was such a pleasure getting to sit down and have the chats, and it was lovely to meet you. And I'm going to see you very soon at the wonderful Mob Theatre. Um, they have all their details on um, their websites, their social media, uh, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the Twitters, all that good stuff. So go and check them out. They're super active Thursday nights, uh, Tuesdays as well, I think. But all the details are properly uh, on their social media, uh, and I'm going to... Check them out downstairs uh, in Wigwam, but um, go and see if uh, if it's if it's your thing. Go and see the shows. Uh, maybe you want to get involved on stage. It sounds like a really uh, open, welcoming community, and I'm definitely going to go check it out. Uh, as I said, guys, go check out our Patreon. It's Patreon.com forward slash personality bingo anything you can kick our way please do and a massive thank you to all our existing patrons you make the running of this show possible and so pleasant and i'm really really genuinely grateful Um, and please join them guys Uh, the patron uh, account is going so well but look the whole nature of it is people come and they drop off but uh, if you're in a position where you can come on board right now with a couple of euro lads it makes such a difference i know it might sound like it doesn't It does, I'm not lying to you Um, Blind Boy says it's a model based off soundness He is right, be sound, kick us a couple of euro (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me I'm sick um, In other news A massive thank you To the brilliant Erin Lindsay For mixing, editing And producing This podcast As always She is a boss To the wonderful Leah Moore and Anthony Manley For their gorgeous Theme music To Connor Nolan For his beautiful artwork And to Paddy O'Leary And Alan Bennett For keeping the lights on At Headstuff HQ And having us A part of the family Got some really cool episodes Lined up in the coming weeks uh, Dylan Coburn Gray uh, Gonna get the great David Horn on here as well, uh, they're go- both going to be talking about their plays. Um, both Abbey playwrights now in their own right. Um, so, loads of exciting things uh, happening. And yes, some other cool guests lined up. And as always, if there's someone that you uh, want or have a connection to, get them on board. Do you know, I'd love to have on the podcast Emma Kerwin. Anyone know what Emma Kerwin? Let's get Emma Kerwin on the podcast. Someone tell him to come do a podcast. Um, he'd be great. Uh, Glenn Hansard, let's get him on. Um, who else? Lisa O'Neill, I'd love to have Lisa O'Neill on And um, I'd really like to have Oh there's so many people, look You know the kind of people I want to chat to Um, And as well Oh who's the playwright that has the play with Druid at the moment Furniture, she's amazing Sonia Kelly, anyone know Sonia Kelly Let's get her on the podcast. Loads of really cool things, but uh, if you know anyone like that who uh, wants want to see the podcast or anyone that I'm missing, go and hook them up. we got some suggestions this week that I'm going to do my best to chase up too And I'm um, always really appreciate your feedback on any uh, improvements we can make and get us on Patreon. Do all the things. We will see you back here very soon for another episode of Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. Tom See T-